And welcome back to Restless. I'm Father Joseph Gill, priest of the Diocese of Bridgeport, Connecticut, and you've joined myself, Lauren, and Matt as we dive deeper into what it means to be a young adult, young adult Christian in today's modern, crazy, mixed-up world as we restlessly, restlessly seek the face of God. I can no longer say restlessly. That's a word that's I'm stumbling over. That's a tough word. That's a t- apparently. So um, today we're going to talk about truth and lies. And, you know, as a priest, one of the things that has shocked me a lot hearing confessions is how often people confess lying. Maybe I, I lie less than the regular population. I don't know, but like, I've, like everyone lies. <laughs> so we're gonna start off by playing a game, two truths and a lie. So you guys are gonna mention uh, three facts about yourself, two of which are true, and one of which is a lie, and the other two have to guess which one is the lie. So- I'm up first. Matt, you're going first? Okay. Go for it. Two truths and a lie. <laughs> I have a severe peanut allergy. I went trick-or-treating with Cindy Lopper, and I went to Trinity Catholic High School in Stamford, Connecticut. Do you have thoughts here? Well, you I know him a few more months than me since I just met him I know a few he's hours a, ago. I know he is a Trinity grad. Okay, so that's a truth. But, I mean, so, like, well, nobody knows Cindy Lopper well, unless but, you're like, friends with Cindy Lauper. Maybe it's some random thing though. So I would say the peanut thing is a lie. I'm going to say that Cindy Lauper is a lie. The Cindy Lauper. Is the lie. Was true. Oh, it's what? (laughs) (laughs) So tell the story. (laughs) I went trick-or-treating with a friend of mine and I believe she, her son played hockey with my friend i think that's what it was okay okay. also plot twist i definitely accidentally told three true things (laughs) oh seriously (laughs) do you know why (laughs) why is that because i don't lie (laughs) oh well played sir well played in that case i'm giving you a peanut butter sandwich but also this is a this is a lie so i do lie (laughs) wait what yeah that just that i don't lie was a lie wait what that just got very meta and very meta I'm, i'm confused now (laughs) <laughs> All right, do you want, is it my turn? It is your turn. Okay, I have played ultimate in half of the states of the United States of America. It's 25 states. I've never had a cup of coffee, and I've performed the national anthem at a professional sporting event. Ooh. Oof. So we, we determined on our last episode about music that she has a good voice. So I'm Could guessing, happen. I'm guessing the national anthem is probably legit. Look at me. Yeah, it's legit. <laughs> and, and the sporting event was probably a frisbee, an ultimate game, I'm guessing. Um, was it ultimate frisbee or super smash brothers ultimate? No, no, super smash. <laughs> so she's actually, she is actually a professional ultimate frisbee player. No way. That is a, that is a, that is a true statement. That is a true statement. I, I did not know that. That. Yes. that is vital information. It is, yeah. So now, so now you know that, that number one could very well be true. What? <laughs> but 25 states is a lot of states to play ultimate in. And I, I think that might be a little bit of a stretch. I don't know if she's a professional. She is, but like, like no one goes to Alaska to play frisbee. <laughs> yeah, but that could be one of the ones she didn't go to. That's true. Forty-nine states that are in Alaska. So yeah, <laughs> that's true. She's given a she's given a good. You these know, are yeah, these good are good shake for this one. What was the other one? 
Uh, I've never had a cup of coffee. Question, did you also accidentally set, tell three things that are true? Okay, no, then no, it has no. to be that one. I thought <laughs> about know, this. She knows how to play this game. Um, so I'm going with I'm going with the the frisbee in 25 states. Okay. I think it's got to be the coffee. Okay. And the answer is so it's the first one. I've played ultimate in 24 states. Oh my gosh! The 25th state is Wisconsin, which I have been to for ultimate three times, but I didn't actually play there. So the mm. first time I traveled there for nationals, we stayed in Wisconsin, but we played in Illinois. The second time I was there in 2019 with the New York Empire when the team competed in the semifinals, but I wasn't rostered, so I was there. Mm. I was rooting for the team on the sideline. And then the third time uh, was um, supporting the Eurostars tour, which is a women's ultimate Frisbee tour that I work on and help run across the country. We go to um, seven cities from California, you know, San Diego, Seattle, Madison, Raleigh, Boston, sometimes New York, once Toronto, it goes literally all over and I just kind of run the event. So Wisconsin is that 25th state, but yeah, I've played in 24. That's pretty good. But I tallied you, them up. So you, you've never had a cup of coffee? I've never had a cup of coffee. No, I hate it. Well, how do you know <laughs> so, if you hate it if you never had oh, one? Oh, because I smell it. Or sometimes people are like, you want to try this? I'm like, I don't like coffee, but okay. Cause you just offered it to me. I'm like, nope. Still don't like coffee. We'll have to get you wow. one of those like super sweet frappuccinos that doesn't It still taste tastes like, like coffee. Yeah, yes, no, I'm like, telling you, know, you. Get one of those girly drinks, like a mocha mocha latte venti or something. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Which I totally don't like. My last one. That was a lie. You're, you're right, Father. <laughs> it was Ultimate Frisbee. Yeah, you see saying yeah, that next was, I anthem. I performed cool. the anthem twice for the New York Empire. Nice. Once Very as a player cool. and then the year after. Nice. Yeah. I got to say, you being a professional Frisbee player is just like ultimate frisbee player i want to get my terms right you know oh, yeah you're good that is just <laughs> awesome thank you <laughs> all right here's my my three truths two 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 yeah two truths and a lie so i was uh, born on friday the 13th one time matt maher opened for me in concert and that could be a lie matt don't don't let your i did yeah i did really openly gape at that you did you did and uh I have published three books with our Sunday Visitor Press. I know you've at least published two books. What was the first Pretty one? Pretty sure. Friday I was born on Friday the 13th. I was born April 13th, a Friday. It's not a lie. It's the truth. Wow. And uh, I was a little stalkerish, but okay. We covered that. That's right. We did. Oh, yeah. That's, I guess that wasn't That's good that you know that. that wasn't that's what I was going to guess. Remembered. <laughs> Um, I don't know who this Matt Maher guy is. Well, he's he's pretty big, so I'm I'm gonna say that's true, just because I believe in you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, could this have been years ago before that guy was big? It could have. Okay. But I'm actually gonna I'm gonna stick with that he was at his you know greatest height, and that is when he opened for you. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna go with the books. I'm going with the books. I think. I don't know if you've done three. I, I think you've definitely done two. You guys are correct. That was the lie. Okay. I, I actually have, have published two books, nice. uh, not with our Sunday Visitor Press, but yeah, Matt Maher opened for me at a concert back in 2009. No it was Well, it was, it was kind of a funny story because it was a retreat that we were both playing together and I got to play because he had to leave and go back to Arizona. So he played the first half of the retreat and I played the second half. So I tell people... Matt Maher ah, opened for me. He very nice. technically he definitely opened for, opened for me. You yeah, know, yeah. I never met him, but I like that. <laughs> no, he was very, he was big back then. Oh my gosh! But 
So lies is something that we all do and can often do very well. Have you ever told a lie that's gotten you in big trouble? I'm a pretty honest person, actually. I that's think good. I'm almost too honest. Where <laughs> Ooh, that can, that can backfire yeah, too. I, I have the alternate problem where I'll be like, "That's dumb." <laughs> or, you know, like, and people are. How'd so you like offended. this dish? Disgusting. Yeah, I mean, I have certain, yeah, I have some awareness, but I certainly catch myself where I'm like, oh shoot, <laughs> that hurt their feelings. But in my mind, I'm like, right, if this is a fact, like this is dumb what we're doing right now, or you <laughs> right. know, like right. I'm not insulting you, I'm just commenting on uh, this your food, <laughs> this thing yeah. that you did or said yeah. or right. you're wearing. Yeah. So yeah, I don't. I don't think I've ever gotten in trouble with a lie. Oh, that's good. That's yeah. good. I, I don't know if there's a specific example of when I've gotten in trouble. I'm sure there is. I should be, yeah, let's clear that up. I'm sure there have been times I've gotten in trouble uh, for telling a lie, especially, you know, as like an adolescent person. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I think that that usually stems from like if I was making an excuse of some kind, mm. you know, not necessarily like just flat out lying to somebody, but like trying to like telling a half truth you know, and then being very clearly caught in it. Mm. And they're like, so that was only sort of true, right? <laughs> you kind of have to own up. Well, that's probably why most people lie, don't you think, is yeah. to, to get out of trouble? Yeah. yeah, I mean, I can also see like, you know, sometimes it's like you almost use a lie to not offend somebody. Mm. Like, what do you think of this? Oh, it's great. Maybe it's not great, but you don't want to hurt their feeling. You know? Yeah. Right. And then yeah. I find in my own life too, sometimes I don't want to reveal what I'm doing. Like even if it was my manager or my uh, former boss, it was just me and my boss. And if I had something to do, like even once a friend wanted to have lunch, should I technically be having lunch with a friend? No, but it's my lunch so I can go. You know what I mean? But like, I don't want to tell him, you know, cause he might judge me or something. Like why are you having lunch with your friend? During the workday, <laughs> he was kind of a grumpy, <laughs> a grumpy boss, you know. Yeah. So, so right. to avoid confrontation. Yeah. Right. Is yeah, that yeah. fair, or would that be something that should be confessed? Because I never thought that it should. But then you're saying a lot of people confess lying. So I'm like, oh man, am I missing this? <laughs> I mean, I think it's a lie. Yeah. Yeah. So it is. It's a lie. You should confess it. Sure, because it makes you less of an honest person. Okay. Right. Because if we're going to lie on the small things, it becomes much easier to lie on the bigger things. You know, did you get right. the project done? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's done. It's done. You're like, oh, shoot, I got to do that tonight now. You know, I'm sure there's tons of kids that do that, right? Is your homework done? Kids? Adults yeah, too. Oh, sure. Did you get that assignment done? Like, where's, what's the progress on this? Did you paint the bedroom yet? I mean, that yeah, would be obvious. But exactly. Whatever. Right. You know? Yeah, it's it's a struggle. And I'm, I'm constantly amazed how many people do struggle with it. And I think it's easy to fall into. It's super easy to do because uh, the only person really stopping you from lying is yourself. You know, so the second you've got that opening, it's like you gotta, you have to really consciously decide to tell the truth sometimes. Although I find that when I consider what the effects of if, if the truth was known later on, you know, if I lie to my boss and say, oh, I'll get the, you know, the project's done, project's done, and he finds out two weeks later the project was never done. Mm that could have a hugely more detrimental effect than if at the moment I was just like, look, you know, I'm sorry, I didn't get it done. I'm going to try really hard. And, and he'd be like, okay, well, you know, mm -hmm. yeah. Or it could be like, you're fired. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on your boss. Right. You know, cause that's, that's so true that like when you lie, you get in more trouble than if you had just told the truth. Almost always. If you get found out. Yes. And I also think for myself, I would forget what I said. Mm. Like if you make up some alternative explanation, right? Then the next day or something, you have to remember 
what you said that wasn't true because you went out and right. did the truth, right? So I, I think right. I don't think I would actually remember. That's like what happened track. to me at the beginning of this episode. I was trying to figure out. I was like, what did I say for the first two? Oh. So I have forgotten to tell the third truth. <laughs> 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 it's true. You do have to remember. And that's why, yeah, that's why being yeah, honest is, lying. you know, because, I mean, ultimately, you can lie to your boss, you can lie to your spouse, you can lie to anybody, but you can't lie to God. Yeah. You know, he knows everything. Mm-hmm. And as much as we may want to hide it and be like, oh, Lord, you, know, you don't know this. You know, I'm, I'm going to do what I want to do. And obviously he knows us all the way to the heart. Can I ask, do you notice, is it like men or women who confess lying more or is it equal? It's equal. Interesting. It's equal. Yeah, I wondered, I mean, I thought maybe, because I see that sometimes in relationships with men and women, right? It's kind of the woman that maybe can sort of be more of the nag, right? And then the (laughs) the man's like, yes, it's done, or yeah, yeah. So I kind of wondered if that might play out, but I guess we all lie, so. yeah. And sometimes I know, I don't know if women do this, but men lie and exaggerate to try to make themselves look better in the eyes of others, Mm. you know? Yeah. It's like a, it's like a vanity almost. Ego. Yeah. Like an ego boost. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, that fish was this big, you know, no, it It was like a foot. Sin against modesty. Very much so. Yeah. Yeah. Sin against modesty and sin against truth. And And sometimes you have to just humble yourself. Like, how did it go today? If you're saying fishing. You know, you might want to say like, oh, yeah, I caught the biggest fish. We'll be like, oh, well, I didn't catch anything today. Right. You know, right. like it's a little humbling, right? Especially if someone's expecting something of you, but things yeah. don't always work out and that's okay. It's good to be humbled. It is. It is. And yeah, I think just being a person of integrity is 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 a good enough result, you know, so other things may not go your way. Your boss may think less of you. Your wife may think less of you. But as long as you are still a person of integrity, you can stand with your head held high, you know? Yeah. Uh, Since we're talking about like confessing uh, lying, I think that one of the places that you can be tempted the most to lie is in confession Mm. because you've got this fear of, well, am I going to be forgiven? Uh, And I I believe it was C.S. Lewis said that the people, the reason people make excuses uh, in confessing to God, now he wasn't he wasn't Catholic, I don't think, so I, I doubt he meant in confession, was because they fear, you know, they, they don't realize that uh, the excuse almost is in the way of the forgiveness. Mm. You know, if you're just open and honest, like that's it. Yeah. You know, you will be forgiven. Yeah, and I think people worry about what, what will the priest think of me if I confess all these sins. Yeah. I can totally say that's where I, I've, that was a big hurdle I had to get over, is just feeling judged, even in um, yeah. private confession just thinking maybe like oh maybe he's never heard this before right of course he has (laughs) like just whatever like i fabricate you know and then there's some wonderful priests right you you you, um kind of conquer that fear i guess like you say it and for me i push it off to the end you know then you say it and then i love uh father mark from saint Catharines. he'll just say you know thank the lord for a wonderful confession and he just Right. moves on like it doesn't matter what was said it's just thank, yeah thank the lord for your wonderful confession I'm like oh thank you yeah. thank you father mark you know right not every priest is like that though sometimes no, that's they're true. like why are you doing that how many times did you do that you shouldn't be doing that you know <laughs> i'm not thinking of anyone in particular but i've certainly heard stories <laughs> oh know? i've been to a few confessions that that was the response i got yeah right but 
When we come back, we're going to talk more about how to live in the truth and how to discern in today's world what is true and what is false. Stay tuned. And welcome back to Restless. We've been telling the truth today about what it's like to lie. I don't know if that's an oxymoron right there, but it's difficult to tell the truth. And especially, you know, in today's world, I think it's becoming more and more difficult to decipher what is true and what is false in the media, in what politicians are saying and what leaders are saying. And it can be really tough to find that out. I mean, we've got this whole idea of fake news, you know, that people talk about, you know, and this is fake news. Well, well, how do you, how can you, Lauren and Matt, how do you in today's world, like when you read the newspaper, when you, you know, look at an online source, like how do you know what's true and what's false? What's your go-to? Well, I would say I don't really watch the news, first of all, and I don't really want to. Um, mm. it, it's so much opinion, right? That's so, so true. Like, let's say the presidential debates, right? They're always analyzed by every station, but... I've had this experience I felt since high school where I would watch the debate and I would get my take on it, right? And then you hear, right, if it's the Democrats, they're mm. totally bashing the Republican. It's the Republicans, they're bashing the Democrats. And I'm like, they're taking what they said out of context. They're yeah. kind of skewing, right? And that to me is always a clear example of how you can see the media persuading the story to fit the the narrative that they want to tell you and of course i think in more recent times that's just gone to the total 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 extreme yeah right so i know that for this last election you know i think that this is like probably the most prominent example of of trying to decipher fake news or at least the most important because so much was at stake one of the things that i did is i tried to watch uh, what i knew was a democrat leaning station in cnn and then what I knew is a Republican-leaning station in Fox. And I was like, okay, so what can I take from these two? Mm. Uh, and try and contrast and compare. I also think that it's important to know what, like, I guess because I'm sticking with politicians, right, in this example. But it's, like, important to know what they stand for, right? So, like, you know, the odds are Joe Biden, you know, obviously a very pro-choice candidate, probably isn't going to come out with something that's, like, super pro-life. You know, so I think it's yeah. just, it's almost like knowing your background information. Sure. Uh, sure. Other than that, you know, Twitter, obviously a very reputable source. <laughs> <laughs> and I think another key, sorry, is just um, if you're hearing something reported about something somebody said, you should definitely listen to the quote yourself. Yeah. Right? Because mm -hmm. they'll even yeah. they'll take part of the quote or they'll just flip it and then I'll, I'll hear this even sometimes when they play the quote like it'll be some da -da 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 -da. and then they'll play the quote and I'm like oh you didn't actually say that like <laughs> yeah, from right. what you're just right. playing for me right yeah. now so and I, I just feel like we're getting to this point where people just take what they're hearing as the truth mm -hmm. right because it's their news source whatever it is it's like right. no you have to use your own logic and reasoning yeah. and decipher all of this for yourself you know and a lot of people yeah. only look at sound bites 
a sentence is all they can handle when you know truth is actually a lot more complicated than that and and especially not only with politics but i find a lot with uh with what the media reports on pope francis mm-hmm. you know they'll pick a line from this a line from that and just kind of quote him out of context and then make it seem like he's different than he is and saying different things so for me one of the biggest things and whether political or scientific or is to go back to like the primary sources if you can mm-hmm. you know go back to yeah. like what are what is what's actually going on like if, if you're quoting the pope okay let's let's go to the papal document i want to see exactly what he said what was the context right it's almost i heard this thing uh once that a little bit separate of a topic sort of but it was like if you're if you're quoting the bible in support of a certain idea right don't read me the one verse read me the three before and the three after yes you know like give me the context of this how is this even being used within scripture that's very true i was i had a funny experience of that today i was at uh i'm chaplain of cardinal kung academy in stanford and our our principal get up got up there and we decided we we're going to read a little scripture verse in front of the entire school and she reads this like two verses from isaiah about how the silversmith helps the the uh, woodcutter and the woodcutter helps the iron maker and she's like well this is all about cooperation and i'm looking at this chapter from isaiah actually it's about how they all help make idols Mm. <laughs> it's like you probably didn't mean the quote this particular passage right, right. when you're looking for something about cooperation but right they're cooperating in sin <laughs> right. but and back to pope francis uh, the other um key is um translating properly mm. or, and yeah. accurately and like yeah. how what is he saying in spanish right and what's the actual use of the word because i've heard that too like translations kind of not actually following his meaning yeah very much so and kind of going along with that you know i think one thing that's so important for us especially today is to be so deeply grounded in what the church actually teaches you know so many of us aren't so many of us aren't you know and so we are swayed by the public opinion because you're like oh well this politician says this and this priest says that and you're like well is that true or is it not true and uh i've heard an interesting kind of quote that you know when people are looking for counterfeit dollar bills or counterfeit hundreds you know they don't study the counterfeits they study the real one so that they know it inside and out so they can notice when something's off right and that's how we should be with our faith we don't study the errors that and the lies that people are telling us we study the true thing so that we can recognize the errors when they come that's very valid yeah and there's so many i think misconceptions unfortunately about the catholic church even within the faithful because we just don't know our own faith enough mm-hmm. you know so right. like that's the first challenge so read the catechism or read catholic christianity by peter kreeft because it's a great book that covers the catechism in a way you can understand right. and it's legible and i i started rereading that again actually mm. just recently because i'm like i need a refresher you know that's like right. what do we actually believe you know um right and then you can have something to stand on you know when you get into maybe a a difficult conversation with somebody oh well the catholic church you know they they hate the protestants they want nothing to do with them i just kind of felt like i encountered this and i'm like i don't think we do i think catholics just like i don't know like being catholic because of the true presence of god i don't think that they're actually like shunning any protestants you know yeah like that's the perception that someone out in the world kind of shared with me yeah Mm -hmm. right sure sure yeah. Uh, well, I was going to say, you know, perhaps uh, 
perhaps that person had met someone that was that way though you oh, know yeah, because it is possible i mean i actually i remember my first week at belmont uh i met a a fellow classmate who was who's also a freshman and uh she was a southern baptist and she said to me oh are you christian i said yeah i'm catholic and she said oh i hate catholics <laughs> to your face and i said yeah to my face this was like the first time i met her way to win over and i was like right oh there. you know i'm sorry to hear that <laughs> uh my name is matt <laughs> <laughs> i hope you don't hate me yeah yeah where do you go from there we hung out for like a month <laughs> and then, right. yeah we were we were sort of friends but uh i got saw past it i suppose but did you uh, get to ask her well what Makes you, you know, Catholics. I, I didn't. I didn't. I think I just kind of, I think it caught me so off guard. Mm -hmm. If I remember correctly, she also followed that. Like, I hate Catholics with like, oh, but not you. And I was right. like, yeah, I was like all right, nice. yeah, sure. You know, mm. that's fair. But that's it, it fair. was a very interesting, uh, you know, situation. Yeah. I, I, I certainly I... didn't anticipate it in my first week of college. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's, Jesus talks a lot about truth in, in the Gospels. In fact, he calls himself the truth. I am the way, the truth, and the life. He says the truth will set you free. Like, have you found in your own life, like, by living in the truth that you've found freedom? Absolutely. 100%. In, in what way? Uh, I, I encountered sort of like a reversion conversion in college uh, where uh, I, my junior year really came back to christ uh and it i mean it literally set me free in every single way you know like i was i was a slave to every single sin which which to be fair i still struggle with but like now i have help with mm. you know i mean there was a point where i was actively trying to convince myself that god didn't exist hmm. and it was just so hopeless it was just so hopeless uh i wonder if most atheists want to be atheist want to be atheist so that they don't have to consider that they have to give up their sin absolutely i mean i can't obviously can't speak for everybody huge part of it, it, it for me you know which because i think in the back of my mind i always knew i was wrong about that mm. you know like i don't think i really ever convinced myself god wasn't real i was just like if god's not real then i can do all the things that i want <laughs> and not worry about that yeah, yeah and we're tricked into thinking that those kinds of sins or whatever it is um, yeah lead us to happiness sure right. sure they don't <laughs> yeah which it, it didn't it mm -hmm. didn't uh i mean i remember i we we did just talk about music i'm a songwriter i did write a song where i remember thinking like uh or i'm sorry i, I wrote down like i i hope that you're still here you know i hope one day we can have a relationship mm. knowing that right now like like it was i remember it was like the first time i prayed about coming back to god and asked god to bring me back to him wow uh and so, it, it was like the beginning of this journey back was was there a catalyst that made you start kind of just being open uh, to it you know i'm not sure i think it was the sense of hopelessness i mean because I, I i know the verse that i wrote that in and that whole verse is about me essentially not being able to take it anymore mm. feeling so alone you know and like caught up in conflict and and distraction and chaos almost yeah wow so you found the truth and the truth set you free absolutely that's awesome absolutely that's pretty cool that's pretty cool i can relate in a sense of uh confession experiences and one mm. that i've kind of mentioned before is i felt like i was owed an apology for something but i probably wasn't going to get it 
And then uh, my spiritual director was like, oh, that person doesn't owe you anything, actually. <laughs> and I was like, wow, because their behavior is pretty bad, you know, like. Um, and then she said, forgiveness comes through Christ, you know, and through Christ alone. Like, I'm like, oh, so it's not me. Like, I'm not the one forgiving people anyway, you know, in my normal life. Like, it's all through him. Um, and uh, so I guess she told me or I thought, I guess I should bring this to confession, right? So I'm like, oh, I'm just having a hard time forgiving someone, you know. Uh, and I know it's something that I should just be able to kind of give, like my love for them should just give it, but it's a challenge. And so, you know, the priest listened to the confession and I walked out of there, I left and it was like, weight was lifted, mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. know, like, so I was like, wow, like yeah. this actually works, you know, like I've been going to confession my whole life, but I don't know that I was doing it properly or recognizing things that I could bring in that I wasn't and like, you know, opening myself up, getting vulnerable. I think I got emotional even just to share that with the priest. Mm. And then, like I said, just feeling much lighter, you know, I didn't end up needing an apology from the person. I just mm -hmm. moved on, you know, like, right. sure, sure. It's fine. So, yeah, I definitely, uh, I know that my experiences in confession have always been that way. It's like you go, you go to confession and you repeat the sin that you just committed for, you know, like the 1000, <laughs> 1000 time. And every single time that truth of you are forgiven definitely sets you free. Yeah. Yeah. I, I find in my own life, you know, like it's uh, one of the, one of the challenges I find about being a priest is that you're, I mean, it would probably be the same for, for anybody living in the world, but I think there's a little more pressure for priests that you have to be, you have to be Christian 24 seven. Like there's no like, okay, I'm taking the next four hours off. I'm going to be just like a regular person who doesn't believe in Jesus. No, like I have to like, it's, it's constant. Right. So, so if I'm ever hanging out with friends, and I have, I have a few friends who are like secular minded and things. And, and if, for example, like I remember, I remember I was talking with some of them and we were just talking about like our teen years and I, you know, I'm very blessed that the Lord has granted me the gift of, you know, preserving my body completely for him. You know, I've never had sex with a woman and, and they were asking me about it and I was kind of lying and I was like, oh yeah, I slept with all my girlfriends, you know, growing up. And afterwards I was like, whoa, I was a total hypocrite right there. You know, even though I'm, I'm lying about committing a sin, like why would I even want to do that? You know? And I just totally did not have that peace at all and and i can recognize when i'm living a like a hypocritical life where it's just like all right on one level i'm professing that i belong totally to jesus but on another level i'm living like i'm not you know i'm trying to live like i'm just a regular person in the world just going through it and finding the pleasures in the world and when i'm not living in that truth of who i am as a christian and as a priest i find yeah like there's just a lack of peace and it's probably the same way for any christian that like if you know who you are and you're living according to that truth that you are a beloved son or daughter of God and you're a Christian, you profess the name of Jesus. Like when you're living a double life and kind of like pretending that you're not that person, you're not that churchy person, that Jesus freak that, you know, who loves Jesus. Because sometimes with some friends, we're like, oh yeah, I'm not that, I'm not that Jesus person. Maybe just on Sunday, but not now, and not on Friday night. And then we, we find ourselves not at peace, you know, because we're not living in the truth. Yeah. It could be hard to live in the truth when so many people around you are not you know well they may and be living in the truth when they're not like actually they actually don't believe in god and they actually they're living like they don't believe in god yeah yeah and they judge you for yeah and you just feel the truth. pressure you yeah. know especially yeah. like going off to college like there's a lot of uh, you know things that go on in college and it's like assumed everyone's doing this and like maybe you want to fit in or like your experience with your friends i think a lot of people could relate to that yeah yeah 
Yeah. But it's so much more peaceful when you just live in the truth, yeah. whatever sacrifices may come to live in the truth. So thanks so much for joining us in this episode of Restless. We've been talking about truth. So be not afraid to live in the truth, to always speak the truth, to always be who you are. In other words, you are a beloved son or daughter of the Heavenly Father. You've joined us on 1350, Veritas Catholic Radio, and also wherever you get your podcasts. Tune in next time.